Today's episode is brought to you by our website, AmateurGolf.com. We cover amateur golf more extensively than anyone else. Schedules, news, rankings, and results are our bread and butter. And if you go to our website, you can join and receive a slew of benefits. Every member gains access to a huge database of past tournament results, along with discounts to some of golf's best brands like Callaway, OGO, and Golf Week. We want to offer our listeners a 50% discount on a one-year membership. If you are a brand new member to Amateur Golf, follow the link in the show notes and use the code BIRDIE50, that's B-I-R-D-I-E-5-0, to join tens of thousands of amateur golfers that depend on our site for all things amateur golf. That's BIRDIE50 for 50% off. All right, Jordan, it's uh, Men's Regional Week. You ready? I am ready to roll, yes. Bring it on. Um, we have, uh, we honestly, we're recording this before the women's even starts, so we can't even speak to how the women regionals went. <laughs> um, but if you want to listen to our kind of preview of that, you can go back and listen to it. But we're going to talk about the men's regionals, which start uh, May 15th and go for three days. And uh, we are going to talk storylines and then maybe just pick out some some chaos makers at the uh, the bottom of the seed, the, the lower seeds um, who might be able to sneak in, which tends to happen a little bit more in the men's game than the, than the women's game. Uh, so let's start in with uh, with the storyline. I will let you lead off. What's the storyline that you're interested in from uh, upcoming regionals? Well, I hate, <laughs> I hate to be a biased individual. Um, <laughs> Hard, hard, hard not to. This one's. This You're going to talk about the. Are you going to talk about the Big Ten again? Are you going to talk about the Big Ten? You, you just. You know how biased I am with the Big Ten. No. Um. Evidently, Florida has had an incredible year. Um. But I think one of the coolest parts of their year has been in redshirt freshman Matthew Cress, who was a walk on, and he was an enormous reason why florida won the secs they he went three and oh in all his matches which was i remember watching him I'm like you could put this kid against anybody and he's just phenomenal um and john dubois had made you know florida lost last year but john dubois was the reason that they went to the sec final and john dubois was the reason that they won the secs this year and I think them leaning on the faces outside of Ricky Castillo and Fred Biondi is extremely promising, especially mm-hmm. when they're heading into, you know, heading into like match play. Um, Ricky Castillo has always been extremely good on the match play front, uh, namely that Walker Cup. I mean, he was just dynamite. Um, and Fred Fred Biondi's, you know, year past two years has been nothing short of incredible. And so that there there's not that if you go down the florida roster you will basically see even the players outside of the lineup they have players have won events like just yeah just on their own they they there yeah. is the depth on that roster outside of that top five is unmatched it's just it, it, jc deacon is a recruiting machine anywho yep. The, my I think my favorite storyline is 
leaning into that the the fact that a walk on has been just such an enormous part of that campaign and they showed up Vanderbilt in the SEC final was it, it's it's very cool. Yeah, they're on their they're on the ascendancy too, right? Like they're kind of doing what a team would want to be doing at this point of the year. They're playing their best golf um and they're bringing, you know, they've and it's like any sport you get you get a couple role players that start that can kind of pitch in and help um and that's that's kind of what they've suddenly got in Cress. Um, you were mentioned like I think I mentioned this earlier on another podcast, but uh, Quentin Debove won the Terracotta like the week before the SECs. Um, so yeah, they just got they've got guys who play well for Florida, and they've got guys who can go and play and have played at high levels outside of you know Florida Gator golf. Um, I mean, Casilio and Biondi have both made runs in US AMs and played in Walker Cups and done all that stuff. So like they have an immense amount of experience, and then to throw in a kid who just seems to be kind of on fire right now and, uh, and growing into himself and Cress. It's a, it's a good, it's a good thing for your Gators um, as they get ready for, for regionals for sure. Any other thoughts on the Gators? Just get them all out now. <laughs> I it just, they're, they're going to be a factor in match play. That's all I got to say. They're going to be a factor. Yep. I maybe, maybe it's, I don't think it's that bold of a take. I just, they've just been phenomenal. Yeah. All right. Fire off your, your storyline. Okay. Mine is, I, I wrote down UNC as a disappointing ACC um, appearance. Didn't make the match play, which in the ACC is four teams. Um, and they just go straight to semifinals. And their, their coach kind of admitted, maybe they were a little bit overscheduled, a little bit worn out. Um, and, you know, Austin Greaser is right now, as we're recording this, about to kind of tee off in the Wells Fargo. He's playing professional golf this week, 10 days before going and playing in the regional and then, you know, hopefully going on and playing in nationals. And he's had some, like, he's had some wrist injuries. He's had a pretty good year, but um, just that team is loaded. And for that team to not make ACC's, the match play portion was was a little bit alarming. Uh, maybe we look back and think hey, they just needed a rest and they had been playing a lot. So I, I circled, I circled them. And then just as another, like little team that is kind of confounding is Texas. Just to, it's another one. I'm just, just two teams that obviously defending champ and then, and UNC as a kind of top two, three team all year. Just what are those two teams going to look like in regionals? I think will be, will be interesting. Um, for sure. Yeah. The North Carolina ACC run was confusing, but I mean, yeah, I mean, rest is huge. Scheduling four events, four weeks in a row is taxing. Um, I think of particular concern was Austin Greaser's performance. Um, He finished 58, 13 over at ACC's, uh, which is sure that was pretty disappointing for him. Uh, to not even be a counting score. Um, and then you've got him playing in the Wells Fargo right now, which I actually just checked. And he is currently T100, four over through 15. Um, yeah. So, and I mean, I can't argue with college players wanting to 
play these professional stars, it's extremely hard to turn down. Um, yeah. Unless you're Sam Bennett and you're, you're, you're a, a team player, the hardcore, then maybe it's pretty hard to turn down. Um, but it's hard to argue against them wanting yeah. to play, get these reps. They, you know, I'm, I'm sure it fires them up for the postseason anyway. I mean, look at Ludwig Aberg and him getting through uh, U.S. Open qualifying this week. Um, yeah. which was huge. We should definitely touch on that a little later. But yeah, hard, hard to argue with taking that opportunity. But, you know, I hope UNC gets the rest they need before regionals and before nationals because, yes, playing four events four weeks in a row during the regular season is exhausting, but regionals and nationals is arguably even more. Yeah. Yeah, the the playing pro thing is interesting. I and I wonder if part of it has shifted because of NIL and the a guy like Greaser and Thor Bjornsson and Aberg who can go and become almost like a staff or a staff player for TaylorMade or for Titleist or whoever for a week. Um, they that I'm sure that helps them financially a little bit, and it's hard it's hard for for kids to turn that down, and then the experience of playing in a pro event. Wells Fargo is a is a designated event, so he's like Austin Greaser is playing in the best field in the world this week. Um, it's hard to turn down, but I, I I do. It's an interesting like the 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 balance and the and the choices that that are that are being made. So that's my storyline: just UNC um, and and what's going on with them, and also with Texas. What's your second one? My second one is the Haskins race is particularly yeah. intense. Um, and, and I think it's mostly come down to Ludwig, Gordon, and Michael Thorbjörnson easily. Yep. Like, My guy. Just, I, I, I don't, and, and again, you know, we'll really see the full picture of who is going to, who, who's going to take that in a few weeks. But I I see Ludwig and I'm like, okay, that that's an easy PGA Tour card. He's he's got that unlocked. It's not it's not even a question. But then you see yeah. so. But then you see that Gordon Sargent and Michael Thorbjornsson could also very much lock up their PGA Tour cards under the accelerated system in a matter of this a matter of a month. You know, yeah, give, r- contingent on success. Yeah, I I just I'm overwhelmed with just how how cutthroat and just how tight it is because I, I look at the rest of the finalists and I'm like, who's even coming close to these players? I also have some beef with Ludwig getting through um, U.S. Open sectional qualifying. I while he deserved it, and yes, he was play play played incredible was a medalist. I don't remember which qualifier it was, but he was a medalist there. I I feel like the number one player in the world should naturally be exempted to the US Open. Just saying. Like I I there should be a cutoff, of course, but very yeah. confusing to me at how Ludwig has to qualify. Yeah. I guess that's a good that's fair. It maybe maybe it's the it's the pro side of things and them trying to give as many spot it's an open event but it's essentially at its core a professional event that they they don't want to do that um that right earn it i it's a good it's a it's a totally fair point i'm just trying to figure out like what the usga's reasoning might be 
Well, the USGA is like him. partially in charge of Wagger. And also yeah. there's a US Open exemption on the line this year for the NCAA champion. So Yeah. I don't know. It it's just I not I don't know. I don't want to call it a small wrinkle because, you know, maybe inevitably <laughs> Ludwig wins it all and just makes it to the U.S. Open anyway. Doesn't matter. Yeah, but yeah. It's just weird to me that the number one player in the world does not, you know, it's not automatically get there. Haskins race is as tight as ever. I mean, I, you know, I think Gordon Gordon's having an even better year, arguably, and I guess maybe we can really come to that final judgment when Nationals is passed. Um but it, it is crazy to see that his upward trajectory is still not ended, and Ludwig is on fire. I mean, he set a um, set a scoring record in the Big Twelve Championship. Uh, yeah, a really hard golf course. It, yep, yep. Um, yeah, and Michael Thorpe Bjornsson also won the individual at the Pac twelve, uh, which was huge. Um, you know, I, I I'm almost at a loss for words of just how like good these few players are and yes they're the best three players in the world and you know it's it's hard to picture the Haskins going any other way but the fact that and I think maybe the sample size is the most relevant part of it the Haskins is focused on their collegiate results but their results outside of collegiate events are just as impressive like there there is just this level of ultra consistency and like like Michael playing lights out in Dubai and yeah, Ludwig. and the Travelers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, last summer. Yeah, it's yeah, like... it's awesome. And, and Ludwig has played well in professional events Ludwig as well. has won two pro events in Europe. I, yeah, I forget that. He has that. won two pro forget events that. in Europe. <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, he's 23 years old. He's like a little... He's on the older side, you know? He's... Um, and so is Sam Bennett, but it is... It's... Yeah, it's it's crazy. Just went and won like two challenge tours, kind of maybe some Swedish tour events. Um, we, so that... Your that storyline kind of blends in with my second one, and I know you've got a hard stop. So, I I just think the PGA Tour U uh, jockeying right now is also really interesting, and these next regionals and and uh, nationals kind of feeding in for players to just grab points and and play well. Most of the guys in the top twenty are playing on teams that will likely qualify for the finals, but. If they don't, like that's a big hit to some of these kids as individuals trying to go, trying to turn pro. Um, And then the other thing, so the way it's broken down is like the number one guy gets, is exempt. And then it kind of, from there, it breaks down into uh, some different various exemptions onto PGA Tour, PGA Tour Canada. And I, but once you get outside of the top 20, you don't get anything. So I kind of just went and checked out 18 through 22, just to see who was in there and what you get if you're in the top, if you're between 11 and 20, you get PGA Tour Canada into any open or full field events, they're exempt. And the same with Latino America. So it's like a pretty, it's a pretty good little nugget to get as you're leaving college to get some pro pro golf. Derek Hitchner is 18 right now. Sam Choi, who's also on Pepperdine, is 19. Mateo Fernandez de Oliveira is 20. Um, Ben Carr is 21 and Cole Anderson, shout out main golf is 22. So like those guys, and I'd say Cole Anderson, like Florida state might be, that might be a team that doesn't make it to nationals. If I was going to pick any of the teams that are playing, like, I don't know. Um, 
So that for me is another interesting thing. And a topic for a different podcast is how cool would it be if the PJ tour just had a draft? Give me, give me a draft. I don't need points. I don't need to like, Hey, here we're going to do, we're, we're picking 20 kids and we're going to give them status on tour as whatever status we want to give, but we're not, it doesn't like, we're going to pick 20 guys. And then you pick the 20, you avoid this kind of jockeying and kids feeling pressure and you just, you have a draft. It would be cool. I think it would be a really, and give them a year exemption. Like here's a year for you to try to play on the PGA tour. And if you can do it, that's the merit that you need to play and continue. But like the coot, the cootie Pearson cootie should be playing on the PGA tour right now. And he's just kind of like corn fairy grinding um, and winning and, so anyways, that's a topic for a different day, but the PJ tour you stuff will be interesting as, um, as the weeks kind of grind on here for guys trying to get into that top 20 and the top 10. Um, all right, let's, let's look through, let's find some, uh, some chaos in the, in the regionals and any teams that you think might be kind of on, um, on thin ice per se. Any team in Vegas is on thin ice in my mind. You just never know. You never know what could happen out in Vegas. <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, what, what's, what's a school or a, a, a regional that looks interesting to you as far as maybe a, a chaotic finish? I like the number seven seed, Cincinnati, a lot. It's okay. their first ever regional. They have, been, they, they have had an absolutely historic year. Um, I, I like them a lot. To kind of to kind of sneak in to maybe that four five seed, um, I just that they it's it's a fascinating story. It's it's really cool um, and one I should dig into just a little bit more. Um, yeah. But yeah, I also think in the Norman Regional, I think UNF is particularly interesting. I don't think they've seen the results they've wanted this year, but. With a player like Nick Gabrelsic, I think anything can happen. He's pretty explosive. He can go pretty low. And so yeah. I, I think they're going to lean on him a lot to try to make that run to Greyhawk. Did they qualify? I feel like they qualified out of New Haven last year. They kind of surprised people, North Florida. I think they... I, I want to say they head, did I think, qualify. I think they did qualify last year too. Them and Georgia Southern both kind of surprised, I think, at, at, at New Haven. Um yeah, those are good ones. I was looking at, so I, I kind of went back and looked last year to see like what teams did make it. Are there any trends or things? So last year, Illinois missed, NC State missed, Clemson missed, Notre Dame, who was ranked 15th in the country, missed. They finished ninth in their region. Not a good, not a good week for them. Uh, Tennessee and Washington missed. The College of Charleston, 54th, got in. Utah, who was 50th, got in. And BYU, who was 46th, got in. Those are kind of like that, the far outliers. Those teams in the 20s, like I went through golf stat, um, the teams that are ranked in the 20s are the teams that tend to slip out of regionals. They might just like, those teams are usually good, but can be inconsistent. And that's why they're kind of floating in that in that area. So Colorado State was a team there in the in the Auburn. Um, I just feel like that's they're twenty fourth in the country, kind of one of those dangerous rankings. Maybe Washington or TCU can grab um, grab that spot. And Georgia Southern, who is twenty sixth right now, um, was another team, and they've got Arkansas and Purdue in their region behind them. 
who could possibly sneak in um, and, and grab some spots. So those were, those were two that stood out to me and nothing against those two teams. It just, I was looking at the rankings and what the trends tend to be and teams that disappoint and a lot of those 20 kind of mid twenties rankings tend to struggle or are on thin ice. That's a really good observation. Thanks. That's, that's really Did good. Did a little homework this morning. <laughs> but no, but it's, it's true. It's like, it's a very weird gray area. Um, and the cutoff is interesting. I do think what you said about Tennessee missing last year, it, it yeah. really just puts into perspective how transformative of a year they've had. Yeah. Well, you get a guy named Surratt on your team. It helps. I, just, I think you can kind of do anything at that some, point. <laughs> some stuff freshman. Yeah. 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 Uh, for sure. But that, that was surprised to see that name too. I was like, oh man, Tennessee didn't, didn't get in last year. Yeah. So that's uh, and then Morgan Hill, just as a region, and then you can share your last ones if you have any more. Pepperdine, Florida State, Mississippi State, Arizona, Louisville, Baylor, Missouri, Houston, and BYU are like the two through 10 seeds in there. Or maybe Pepperdine's a top seed. Pepperdine's top seed, sorry. It just feels like a very open group of teams that could... I wouldn't be surprised if there was any combination of five teams that got in out of that, out of that group. Um, BYU getting in last year, they're kind of down. They're, I think they're the 10th seed this year in, in that Morgan Hill regional. So that's the most open region. I can't really pick out a team, but like I said, Florida state, they're kind of an, I don't know. They're somewhat inconsistent. I feel like they play really well. They, they, where did they, they won at Seminole. Like they did they win at Seminole? I want to say yes. Or did they win stroke? Maybe they won the stroke play at Seminole, and then yeah, UNC won match play. Uh, some something around. But they had a good. I remember they had a good week that week. But they they they're kind of inconsistent. I wouldn't be surprised if they might slip out of that top five. Yeah, and not you know not to like really single out this team, but Missouri <laughs> made match play at SECs. Um, and so that is a really good sample size already for a good number of teams that are going to Greyhawk. And so watch out for Missouri. I mean, I think they're going to kind of ride off of that momentum a little bit. Yeah. Nice. That's a good one. You have any other, any other ones before we, uh, let you get off the phone? Hmm. I, I mean, well, back to, let's, let's revisit the Illinois thing. Um, because how... How they fare this postseason, I think, will be really, really telling. And it will kind of... I don't think I have the best read on Illinois just yet. I mean, I obviously think they're incredibly talented. They've had just an enormous year. But I think now that we're we're in the depth of the postseason, like, can they make match play? Can, can this pan out? Really... I mentioned in our regional speech that Illinois is right behind Vanderbilt in terms of consistency, but Mm -hmm. it's, I I mean, in a head-to-head, I I would be particularly intrigued. Yeah. Has Illinois ever won a national championship? That's a good question. Yeah, I, I I think they're one of those programs that is very good and is always around. And maybe hasn't won in your. I can I can tell you're looking it up right now. It just popped into my head. I I think I think they've 
made finals. They've made semifinals, and that in stroke play, they've they kind of been around. But a runner-up finish in 2013, and that's the best. So they they they've never won. Okay, that's what I thought. So that's another interesting thing. Like they're super talented. They're always really good. They're always in the hunt, um, and they just they can never break through and win uh, win a, a title. So it is an interesting program. They've very, had very two, talented and very successful. Two individual champions, though, for the record. Scott Langley and Thomas Peters. Yeah. That Belgium pipeline, too, is very is another strong, strong, strong. Man. Yeah, it's awesome. Dietrich and Peters and Dechessart and um so all right. Well, I hope everyone enjoys watching the the men's regional. And uh Jordan, thanks again for hopping on and 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 chatting and carrying the weight here. Uh and Watch the Haskins Award. Watch the PGA Tour U stuff. I think those are both really interesting kind of individual subplots in all of this and kids trying to win awards and get to the pro circuit and with, uh, with a little bit of a head start. So um, thanks, Jordan. Thanks, Sean. That's it for today's podcast. Make sure you subscribe so new episodes are delivered to you every week. Also, check out AmateurGolf.com. We provide the most extensive schedules, news, rankings, and results in the amateur game from around the world. Remember that we are also giving away a 50% discount to anyone who is a first-time member if you just use the code BIRDIE50, it's B-I-R-D-I-E-5-0, for 50% off a membership. It is well worth it. And until next time, keep it right of the trees on the left, and keep it left of the trees on the right.